my name is Jehena, and you're listening to Winging It with Jehena. This episode is about how I ended up getting married. But first, I need to take you back to the very beginning. Once upon a time, there was a mixed kid with a blend of Emirati and Tanzanian that lived in Ajman. If you're unsure where that is, Ajman is two cities, or as we call them in the UAE, Emirates, north of Dubai. Ajman isn't the most glamorous emirate, but it is where I was raised and it made me the person that I am today. Growing up, I had three extremely important women in my life. My mothers, as I like to call them. It consists of my mother, my auntie, her sister, and their mother, my grandmother. These three women have pioneering spirits and to this day are strong, independent, and fierce women. I will start with my grandmother. She was an orphan in Tanzania and despite her circumstances, ended up in medical school and married the love of her life. She then had my mother and my auntie. My auntie also went to medical school and ended up becoming the third female gynecologist in Tanzania. Because back in the day, that was considered a man's job, believe it or not. And my mother was the first female veterinarian in the United Arab Emirates. I told you they were pioneering spirits. One of the values they instilled in me was that knowledge is power and it can never be taken away from you. Now, let me tell you about their husbands. My grandmother speaks nothing but the great times she had with my grandfather. But she was also aware of him being a little bit of a ladies' man. He was very charming after all. I think that's where I got my charm from, to be honest. My auntie is now a partner in a hospital in the United States, and she's come a very long way in her medical career. MashaAllah, she's doing so well. And for the last 25 years, she has had to dull her shine every time she walks into her home so her husband doesn't feel less than her. My mother, to this day, is in an extremely toxic marriage to my father. And when I was living at home, I was the referee. I will be completely honest and say that being stuck in the middle of my parents' toxicity was extremely, extremely traumatizing. I didn't have the luxury to be a child in my childhood. I was busy raising my two sisters with my mother, and I was the referee anytime anything broke out between my parents for as long as I can remember. I was also helping my mother run her business and figure out the finances to pay for our home, put food on the table, and pay for our education. My mother was adamant that we get a good private school education, and she worked extremely hard to ensure that we had the best, because as I mentioned earlier, she instilled in me that knowledge is the one thing nobody can ever take away from me. So she ensured we were given the best that she could afford. Growing up, my mother and I were the best of friends, and I remember she used to hang out with her friends, and they had filter-free conversations about everything whenever she had them over. And I was quite cheeky. I would eavesdrop on them and hear all about whatever it is that they were speaking about. And the hot topics that always stuck with me after were about their abusive and unfaithful husbands. They were constantly harming them and betraying them. And I couldn't understand how these incredible group of women were putting up with it. The main reason, from what I recall, was financial independence and familiarity. So, 
From where I was standing, marriage meant being cheated on, being emotionally abused, physically abused, and having to be less than so you do not intimidate your husband. Oh, so why on earth would I ever want that in my life? When other little girls may have been planning to marry somebody one day, I only had two aspirations. I wanted to have a cool job and be super rich so I didn't have to rely on anybody. How I got there or how I would get there is a completely different story, but those were the two aspirations that I had. It was a foolproof plan. I had this in place so that I would never be in a position to need a man. I never once in my life thought that I would love to get married one day. Maybe, maybe one day. Mm -mm. That thought never crossed my mind. As I grew older and became a teenager, the hormones kicked in. And I got a little curious about boys, I'm not gonna lie. But I never cared about anything more than understanding my curiosities. So I straight up asked my mother all the questions that I had, filter free of course, and I'm grateful we have a very honest and open dialogue and she told me everything I wanted to know without sugarcoating it. Thank you, mama, thank you. In high school, I was in a co-ed school which in the UAE and back then was very uncommon, especially for a Marathi girl. My mother didn't want me to be uncomfortable around men in a professional setting, or any setting rather. So she put me in a co-ed school to make sure of it. Side note, I feel this is why I excelled in a male-dominated field like air traffic control when the opportunity was put in front of me. In high school, most of my friends were male, and I was their quote-unquote bro. And I heard all about their intentions with the girls in our classes and beyond. And that just solidified how much I do not want to involve myself with anybody ever. I then had a gap year after finishing high school because I knew what I wanted to aspire to, have a cool job and make a lot of money. But what exactly would that be? I had absolutely no idea. So I hadn't applied to any universities. I hadn't applied to any jobs and I was forced to take a gap year. The time at home with my parents, as usual, they weren't good. I cannot think of one good, happy memory that wasn't tainted with sadness and disappointment. So what I did is I focused on helping my mother with contributing towards the finances by working at her clinic and taking care of my two little sisters. In that time, I was also applying to jobs. I then got into air traffic control, and it is known to be one of the most stressful jobs on the planet. And the training program worldwide is known to be quite tough. Now in that time, I'm not gonna lie, I, I did get attention. I was 19 years old, I just moved to a new emirate, Abu Dhabi, the capital of the United Arab Emirates. But I had my blinkers on. All I cared about was successfully completing my air traffic control training. There was only one other Emirati woman who successfully completed the program in an area control center where I was working. So the odds for me to make it were extremely low, but I did not have the option to fail. So I made it. I became the youngest female and the second Emirati female to successfully complete the training in the facility. In that time, I gained a lot of weight and I felt unhealthy and unattractive. 
I have the most stressful job in the world and I'm a stress eater. It was not a good combination. Um, I got a personal trainer and I worked out super hard until I reached my body goals. I decided to see what was out there. Curiosity got the best of me. I was not impressed by what was out there. There was a variety. Whatever it is your heart desires is out there, especially being in a melting pot like the United Arab Emirates. But I was constantly proven right about what I thought about getting involved with somebody from the different traumatic experiences I had as a child, as well as what I heard about when I was a child. Nobody was worth my time, energy, body, and soul. I will be honest and say that I did have a few situationships, but they always got a disclaimer that they were there purely for my amusement and nothing more. And only if they were to agree to that would I choose to allow the situationship to exist. Some tried to win me over, but I had no interest in pursuing anything further and made myself clear from day one of my intentions and expectations. I didn't have any. I had the system in place so I wouldn't lead anybody on and break any hearts. No one ever stood out to me and made me feel like there was a future there when they did try to win me over either. That's the best they could do and I just truly wasn't impressed. I know I had my guard up, but it is what it is. Then coronavirus broke out and the whole world shut down. I was 26 when the pandemic hit. And naturally, whatever situationship I had tapered off organically. And to emphasize how effectively I compartmentalized, I genuinely can't even remember who it was. In November 2020, I ended up getting coronavirus and it hit me real hard. I was so sick, awful fever, major fatigue. And I remember on day 7 out of 14 of my quarantine, I got so bored and I decided to try online dating. I am a girl that got a lot of attention and suddenly was stuck at home with absolutely no attention. My situationships of the past were just that, they were in the past. It was time for somebody new. I just wanted to text someone and pass the time. And I remember when I came across the profile of my now husband, I thought to myself, he has a big forehead, so maybe he's smart and he's got my size. So I swiped yes. We were an immediate match and I initiated the conversation. After all, I came on here to start a conversation and be entertained. This man was interesting. I caught myself wondering what he was up to and it felt electric. Or maybe it was the brief and I was taking for the symptoms for COVID that I got to my head. The chat between us was great. There were no games and we wouldn't wait until the other texted or anything like that. He would wake up and let me know that I was the first thing on his mind and we would text all day. I wouldn't even take my COVID fatigue naps after we matched because I was so interested to know more. We spoke about anything and everything. There was just something about this guy. But I reminded myself that young Jahena has evidence of how getting attached and pursuing somebody is most certainly not worth my time. After my 14-day quarantine, I had a very serious craving for chicken wings and noodles. So, he asked me if he could take me out to dinner and I agreed. At the time, he was in the process of leaving the UAE and go live with his family in Europe. He had sold his car, so I offered to pick him up for our date to help break the ice before dinner. 
I will say I wasn't nervous before meeting him. I remember thinking I cannot wait to have some chicken wings and noodles. I forgot what he looked like because apart from scrutinizing his photos before swiping yes, that's about all the attention I gave to his looks. I just texted him and there wasn't much to stalk on Instagram. Fast forward to our date. I'm waiting for him under his building in my car, blasting some music. And I recall very shamelessly checking out this gorgeous man that walked out of the building. Tall, well-dressed, well-built. And I noticed he looked at my number plate and walked straight to my car. Oh my goodness. No way. I got that from boredom and the internet. <laughs> Thank you, World Wide Web. He got in the car and he had these double dimples on one cheek that surfaced every time I cracked a joke. There was no awkwardness, just good vibes. It felt like reconnecting with an old friend you haven't seen in a while. We went to eat and I noticed he was very gentlemanly. I have never before him dealt with a chivalrous man. And I take pride in how independent I am about everything. But I will say I liked it when he was being chivalrous with me. I felt very safe around him. When we left the restaurant, we made the decision to go somewhere else for dessert. I remember very silently and for a split second thinking to myself that I've been cooped up inside my house for 14 days and I would love to just step outside and go for a small walk and get some fresh air. And this man turns and looks at me and asks me if I would like to get some fresh air and go for a walk. Excuse me, but how is this man inside my head? I made a mental note that I liked how intuitive he was of what I needed in that moment. We walked and spoke and everything just felt so natural with him. From the very first minute, he felt like home. Oh my god. Jahena in a parallel universe is throwing up as I say this. <laughs> he told me from the very start the way that he felt about me and there were no games. I liked the fact that he knew what he wanted but we also both knew that he would be leaving soon. The feeling was new for me. I never liked anybody this much before. Other than my mother's, I think the only person that isn't a blood relative that I liked this much was my dog. And anybody who knows me knows I love my little chihuahua. We both knew nothing would come of this and we had that discussion already, but we wanted to make the most of our time together. So that's exactly what we did. And one day he turns to me and says that he's decided not to take the final step in his move and quit his job, but to stay here, keep his job and see where this goes. I'm not gonna lie, I did not see that coming at all. And my very, very analytical self didn't even think twice. And I agreed to see where this goes. I never felt this way before, and even my dog, the one that I mentioned earlier, likes him. So I guess he must be a good guy, because that dog is very picky about who he likes. It was a learning curve for me to know my likes and dislikes about being in a relationship. What made me fall in love with him was if he said he would do something, he did it. And I never had that stability and reliability growing up. And the fact that he followed through every time, no matter how big or small it was, and was so sure about me from the very start, is why I ended up with him. Also, it was very easy, and I took that as a sign that this is how 
it's meant to be when you find your person. I will also very shamelessly say that he is a very handsome man, at least to me. And when my father met him for the very first time, he said he looks like he belongs in Hollywood and he is a quote-unquote a superman. Looks aside, he is the kindest and most thoughtful person I have ever met. He's such a big guy, but he's soft on the inside. Well, at least with me he is, and my dogs. In all my friendships and relationships with family members, I am everybody else's rock, and I give them my strength, allowing them to lean on me. But never met anybody I was comfortable leaning on other than my mother. And when he came into my life for the first time, it felt like I could allow myself to be vulnerable and lean on somebody. It was surprising that it was such a relief for my hyper-independent self. And I will say that I never looked for love or a forever human, but when he showed up, I was not going to self-sabotage and not allow myself to feel what I feel for him and experience this new and exciting chapter in my life. It is so corny. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, again, Jehena in a parallel universe is throwing up as I say the following. But love feels magical. It is addicting. You get lost in it. And it is all-consuming in the best way. And especially when that person loves you back and is speaking your love languages. And yes, I have multiple. I actually scored 20-something percent on all five. So he is and has to be a multitasker when it comes to showing me love. It is the best feeling in the world. The traumatized inner child in me tried to have her guard up but he has proved me wrong every single time when i thought i was going to be let down in a way that i saw my fierce mothers let down the way i saw their friends get let down the way i saw my friends get let down when they chose to be in a relationship with somebody even though he has done nothing but show up for me time and time again and remained consistent the little skeptic in my mind asks me Will this last? Well, I don't know. But what I do know is that I loved being with him yesterday. I love being with him today. And I want to be with him tomorrow. I am taking life together three days at a time and making sure that we are on the right trajectory so we as a couple and, most importantly, as individuals can fulfill the goals that we have set out. There are so many aspects in my life that I felt I needed to control, and I do. It's only natural for an air traffic controller to be that way. But this is where I allow myself to lose control in the best possible way. And see where it takes us three days at a time. He has showed up for me at every public speaking event, every photo shoot, and he cheers me on and gives me constructive criticism to better myself the next time. He pushes me to take opportunities and be the very best version of myself even when I don't feel that way and I lose that belief in myself. Yes, that does happen, believe it or not. <laughs> it is refreshing to have a partner that shows you he supports you and wants you to succeed. We always spoke about getting married one day from the very beginning. And I told him when he did propose, I wanted karak, which is this delicious spiced tea and chicken nuggets to be very heavily involved. <laughs> I remember one summer day 
he picked me up from a photo shoot and got me my favorite snacks for the drive home. Knowing I forgot to eat all day, and I just turned to him and proposed to him. 634 days after we met, I proposed to him. That is 634 times we have shown up for each other no matter what. And he agreed. We went out together to buy the ring, and I had no idea what I wanted other than a fat rock and a rose gold band. I felt like choosing the rings together was great because we both got the perfect fit and we knew it was aesthetically pleasing. He designed the ring in front of me after trying a few on, and I loved it, and I said yes. Yet again, so many yeses. He went and asked for the blessing from all my mothers. And when the engagement ring was ready, and he got the green light from my family members, he came over with karak, that beautiful tea, and chicken nuggets, got down on one knee, and asked me to marry him. After that, we started the process to get paperwork married. He converted to Islam. His name is now Khalid, according to Islam. We did the blood screening that is mandatory for Emiratis to get married. Side note, if you're an Emirati listening and you want to marry an expat, you both still have to get the blood test. When we got the results from the screening, I think it took around 10 hours, which is unheard of because I thought it would take 10 working days and we had more time. We went to the court with the family and close friends. He brought a close friend of his as a witness, as both of his parents are no longer with us, Allah And six days from all the proposals, we were officially married. We both decided we didn't want to make a big thing out of it and have close friends and family there for the paperwork and a good meal after. My grandmother, one of my mothers, lives in the United States with my auntie, my other mother, and we promised her that we will have a ceremony for her in the winter. And that is what we're doing. We're planning that and we're living our happily ever after with our three dogs as you listen to this episode. You already know what my younger self thought of marriage and it was nothing but negative. But now I see it as a whole lot of paperwork, <laughs> but it also means that you are choosing this person for life. It is not a small decision to make and that too in front of God. Ideally, you have your best friend for life and you've made a promise to be there for one another, no matter what, and to go through life together hand in hand. If you choose to have children, there will be a marvelous blend of the two of you where you see your quirks surface from time to time as they come into themselves and guide them through the world together. It is truly such a beautiful thing with the right person by your side. I would like to emphasize that. It has to be the right person. I got married at 27, and in Arab and African culture, that is extremely late. Some people might even say that I passed my expiry date. I had the importance of education instilled in me from my mothers. But the conversation of getting married was always present in my life in one way or the other, not necessarily from my mothers. Even though it is a very triggering word for me and has been for a very long time because of what I witnessed growing up, I remember in my early 20s, I bumped into a group of acquaintances and the topic of discussion was marriage and men. They were venting about how they were deceived yet again by their latest man and asked me who I was seeing and I told them I wasn't seeing anybody and I had absolutely no interest in marriage. These ladies gasped so hard I thought the air was going to run out in the room. They pushed me to know what it would take for me to change my mind. 
And I said that I wanted somebody who isn't intimidated by my success, is an equal partner to me and has no problem cooking and cleaning up, can make me laugh, is loyal to me, has good hygiene, and is drop-dead gorgeous. They all laughed in my face and told me that it would never happen. I guess it's a good thing I have absolutely no aspirations to get married in that case. My husband, alhamdulillah, is all that and more. And we've been together now for 753 days as I record this episode. That is 753 times of us showing up for each other. Him meeting my quote-unquote standards of this imaginary list I once mentioned. We are taking it three days at a time with our three dogs and making the most of our time together. This is my message to you that you deserve somebody who ticks all your imaginary boxes. You don't need to settle for less. You can be hyper-independent like I am, but also be soft and vulnerable. You don't need to conform with the norm. And all because everybody else is getting married and settling down doesn't mean that you should too. If you choose to rush the process by choosing quickly to settle down, you could also be, possibly, settling for less than you deserve. I know about how societal pressure can get to you, but think about it. You are supposed to be with this person for the rest of your life. They end up being the other parent to your future children if you choose to have them. And the cycle continues. Who you choose for yourself and your future is so important, and you don't deserve to settle for anything less than all you desire. Choose wisely for your future self and trust your gut. I felt it was so important for me to share this because I had some awful things said to me when I defied what society expected of me when I was vocal about not wanting to get married. In the end, I ended up with somebody who doesn't fit the mold of what is expected of me. But that is everybody else's problem, not mine. My parents and grandmother love him and accept him, and that is all that matters to me. I know I'm not alone in this, and I remember being told that I better hurry up and get married when I was 21 years old and I had successfully completed my air traffic control training because I am mixed race and darker, and no man would want me, and especially because I'm a woman that potentially could be earning more than them. Excuse me, I see that as a bonus, but to each their own. I was also told that I should very quickly accept anybody who asks for my hand in marriage because I would be lucky to get married ASAP. By the time I turned 25, I was told that I am completely done for and the only people that would ever want me are old men that wouldn't even know how to please me as a woman and take me on as a third or fourth wife if I got lucky. And I definitely would be one of those secret wives that the first wife and the previous ones don't even know about. I was also told to expect to be cheated on and that I should put up with a man's behavior even if it was disrespectful so I don't get divorced because the only thing worse than getting married late is being divorced. I think divorce is liberating because you chose to stand up for yourself. But that's just my opinion. I never asked for this awful advice but I did internalize it and it added to my list of reasons not to get married I knew my self-worth, and if I did choose somebody, I would not settle when settling down. And you shouldn't either. 
If you did enjoy listening to this episode, please leave me a review and share this with your friends. It truly means a lot to me that you took the precious time out of your day to listen to my story. So thank you. If you would like to reach out to me, my LinkedIn is my name, Jahena El Meheri, or on Instagram at Voice in a Pilot's Headset. Thank you again. Sending love, positivity, and abundance your way. Over and out.